Hello everyone, I'm Carrie, and I'm Kristen, and we're bringing you our weekly podcast called Girlfriend's Guide to Blending Families. Kristen and I met a few years ago through a mom's club in our town, but our friendship really took off when we started sharing the heartaches and successes we both experienced in raising our children in blended families. We hope to share insights, stories, and a few laughs with you on this crazy and rewarding journey of parenting. So grab your glass of wine, and if something we share resonates with you, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Cheers. Cheers. So welcome to episode one of Girlfriend's Guide to Blending Families. Today, we're going to be discussing the back and forth toll on our kids. So I think this is a really great topic for us to start with on episode one, because um, for us, school is just starting and there are differences and rules between houses when you have blended families and we're getting, you know, just in the season of shared holidays. So I think this is a wonderful topic for us to share our um, challenges and successes and hear from everybody else too. I agree. And I think like we can kind of delve into that a little bit more. So in our family, my household has six children and my husband and I, and my son that goes back and forth goes to his dad's where he is single and the only child. And then one of my stepdaughters that goes back and forth goes to a house where her mom is single and she's the only child there. So then they go from being the only child, king of the hill or queen of the hill, and then they come home to our house and they're one in the mix. And it's always a transition from being, you know, the center of attention to having to share our attention and things and food, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. So how do you guys make that work? How do you do that transition back? It's kind of always evolving. I mean, we, in the beginning, when my son was very little, we would just kind of do the normal, you know, one day during the week rotation and then every other weekend. Um, And as he's getting older, we've found that Sunday nights coming home on Sunday night just doesn't work. It's Mm. always crying and it's always yelling. And because he doesn't want to leave his dad, he's tired. He's been up late over the weekend because there's no school. Um, so one way we helped with that issue was he just keeps him Sunday night too, and takes him right to school on Monday. Now we pick him up after school on Monday and that kind of avoids that whole situation. Yeah. I think that that's so important to get to that point, you know, as a parent where you realize, I mean, it's definitely your emotional needs of you want your kid back in your house. You know, it's your time. I remember, you know, when I first started sharing my daughter with her dad, and we had, you know, split up that it was like, if he was five minutes late, I was just so upset. And I felt like it was such an infringement upon my time, but it really is what's best for the kid. And I agree with you because when you transition at night, they're, you know, they've gone through the whole day, they're exhausted, you know, they're, it's just so difficult for them to do that. I mean, we wouldn't want to do that either. We wouldn't want to just get up and, you know, in our pajamas go, you know, to another setting and another, you know, whole situation. So I think that was really smart for you guys to, you know, come to that agreement together. Cause that's, what's definitely best for your son. 
Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, it kind of always evolves. Now, Aubrey, my stepdaughter that goes back and forth, she's a little bit older. She's 11. So she's now getting to the point where she can kind of tell us, you know, well, Mm -hmm. can you come get me at this time? And she can text us on her own and say, oh, mom's running late. Can you come early or, you know, whatever. Um, So I think it's always changing. And I know, you know, your children are small. So do you see any of those changes happening yet where, you know, maybe they're getting a little bit older and they need to be more part of it or are they still small enough where you know really mom and dad can dictate the schedule yeah it's funny so it's definitely because they're little it's it's more about our work schedules at this point so you know we both work full-time we both have pretty um inflexible schedules to the degree where you know we always put her first but we have to say like, well, no, I need to work late tonight. So, you know, you need to take her the day before or um, her grandmom's going to pick her up or something like that. So um, I think as long as we just, you know, what I found really, really helpful is just orienting, you know, the kids, especially like four or five years old to the day, the day of the week, the time, you know, when I go to bed, like tomorrow is Wednesday, you know, Wednesday, you're going to be with dad, he's going to pick you up from school. And just so that they kind of understand the flow. And over time, you know, whatever your pattern is, they really, you know, come to integrate it into themselves. So they know on the weekends, I do this or, you know, on Sunday is my transition day so that it's, it's more, you know, just a part of them and not something that's like imposed on them. So yeah, I think it it's almost a little bit easier, but it's, you know, with every age, the difference between three and four and four and five is, is just a lot. So with my daughter now, she's, um, you know, on vacation, which is the first time, you know, as a five-year-old where she can understand being away for a long period of time and what that looks like, you know, being away from me, but she was also with me all week. So, um, I think that's something else, the transition, around like vacations and how you handle that with each kid yeah I agree I think that might even be a good topic to hit on because that's a even more complex than just the you know 24 hours 48 hours to going a whole week Um, but I had a thought while you were talking about the you know talking to them about each day and what the schedule was going to be I think the consistency is huge and I've watched Lucas now who is turning eight Mm-hmm. Um, he now asks me, okay, what day is it? What time's dad getting me? And he, he knows. So he's always like, okay, well, you've had me for three days. So when does dad get me? Right. Um, so they definitely do. It becomes part of their schedule. And this he's been, I mean, I didn't split from his dad since, um, he was only a couple months old. So mm-hmm. there's, it's always been this way. Um, but definitely the consistency is huge and it's hard because, you know, we work, his dad works, you're juggling other kids. So as much as you want to be super consistent and it's always on Tuesday or it's always on Thursday, sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. Right. Um, but like you said, as long as I think it's very important to be upfront with the kids age appropriately and just tell them like, listen, this is what's going on. This is the day of the week. This is what time you're going. And if plans change, you know, help teach them to be a little flexible too. Right. Absolutely. And I remember too, you know, just the suggested 
pattern for custody when, you know, you're going through it, like when they're very little, the children need to see each parent very frequently. Like you could never do, you know, a one week on one week off thing. So things even change, you know, based on what's sort of re- recommended for the child from each age. Sure. So, yeah. So I was wondering for you, how do you deal with the sibling issue of going because my daughter's in the same boat where she's an only child with her dad he's not married and you know full attention full just everything every time she wants to do a board game it's you know nobody picking up the pieces and moving things around and not sharing the tv or anything like that so how do you deal with that I don't know if I really have a great answer to it. I feel like every day is just trying to get through it and do the best we can because some days, you know, he transitions, he transitions well and other days he doesn't. So mm-hmm. some days it's a constant struggle to get him to share and not like just go take the remote out of somebody's hand. Cause he wants to watch football. Right. Um, and other times he's super calm and sweet and he wants to share and he missed everybody Um, I I feel like it kind of depends on the mood of the child, but you know, you try to set the tone when he walks in the door, like, okay, you're home now. Remember the rules here, be respectful. And we kind of go through our list Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's kind of just, yeah, but we talk about it a lot, a lot, a lot. Right. And I think that's true too, that. You know, sometimes I feel like it's our guilt that kind of carries over. So I know with my daughter, if she, you know, is having a hard time sharing and what she does now, she's pretty good about like giving herself space. So she'll just want to go in her room for, you know, a few minutes, which kills me because (laughs) I don't want any space from her. So, you know, I've had to learn like, okay, this may be difficult for her. And just like many things are difficult for a child in life that's what they're supposed to do is just try to figure things out you know one experience at a time so if I you know you can see from your kid the minute they get there what their mood is going to be things that are setting them off or things that they can tolerate so um, I think just allowing a little space and you know that like quiet talking of you know you're the older sibling because Lucas is you know just like my daughter is to his younger sibling that you know they are looking at you and they copy what you do and what you say. So if you need a few minutes to, you know, take it down and then you come back out and join the family, that's fine too. And do you find that they are responsive to that? Cause I'm, I feel like sometimes we've tried that and I would say maybe half of the time it works, but the other half of the time it almost escalates the situation. Cause now he doesn't want to be excluded from the family mm. dynamic. That's a really good point. I feel like with my daughter, because of her personality, she never wants to be excluded. Like the worst thing I can tell her is to go sit on the steps because it's like distance from from us. Mm -hmm. So for her, she'll do that. And then it's that like hilarious, you know, just like with the flip of switch, then she's laughing and she's back because, you know, Gwenny does something funny that you know, gets her immediately reengaged in the family. So, um, so I think based on her personality, she doesn't want to, you know, be a part, but right now she doesn't, you know, isn't like resentful about that. So I could see being older, how that could happen. Right. And I think that's an interesting thought too. Like, so households where the child is the only child in both locations and how that dynamic is different 
from what we're talking about where, you know, the siblings actually miss each other when they are apart or like, so in our household, there are two children, Reagan and Chase that are always here. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and Brenna too. Um, but Brenna's 17 and not really part of the um, day-to-day dynamics because she's right. a teenager that does her own thing. Right. But so the two little ones are here all the time. And then the two middle ones go back and forth between their respective houses. Right. So it's, you know, you'll Reagan on Sunday nights cries her eyes out because her big sister's leaving. Oh. And that is heartbreaking too. Right. You know, and it's, she's only six. She knows the routine by now. She gets it, but she still misses. Yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh. My little Gwenny can't talk so well yet. <laughs> so yeah, just... you're right. I'm sure she's going to have that too. She's like, where is she going? Yeah. And she'll say, you know, every time I open the car door, Rai Rai there, you know, she's always looking for her. And when she wakes up in the morning, where's Rai Rai? Like she just always wants to be around her and they understand that they have, you know, different fathers and they, we always share time. That's what we always say. It's mommy's time or daddy's time. But, um, yeah, the part where they're just having a blast and they don't, you know, it's like a friend leaving. It's more than that. It's their sister. So yeah, that's very difficult. It is. And it'll be interesting. I mean, and who knows, like we are not having any more children, but you may in the future want more. I don't know. What do you think? Like, how would that dynamic, do you see that as a possibility or you think? Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because I feel like I've gotten to this point, you know, where both my girls are relatively well intact emotionally. (laughs) So I feel like (laughs) it's a slight success. Um, but who knows, you know, based on personalities, like if I did have a third kid, you know, what that child's personality would be. My, my second daughter is just so easygoing that she really makes so many things easy for me just in life. So, um, I guess like part of me just feels like, well, maybe I'm good here because it is hectic, you know, it's hectic on a whole other episode that we'll have about holidays and vacations and all of that. And when people are going away and just trying to manage all of that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a challenge. I agree. So when Gwen comes home and you recognize that she needs a few minutes, do you, is she able to express or do you ever get the sense that like it's because she's missing her dad or does that happen when she goes to dad's house? Is she like, daddy, I miss mommy? Because yeah, I think that's another issue too. So I used to, it's so hard and I will fully admit this that, um, you know, I used to wonder if she missed me. And when she said she missed her dad, like a part of me would be like, oh, like, am I not enough? Are you not, you know, happy here? Is there something? Mm -hmm. Am I emotionally damaging you? And you, you know, he's a better parent. Um, But I, I truly feel like for a lot of children, they're just, just transition is hard. And because for my daughter, she cried almost every day she went to preschool and she was hard to leave at a babysitter from the time she was six months old. So it's sort of always been a challenge for her. And I think when I took a little step back and I realized like she just misses, you know, she's just sometimes sad and she's sometimes overwhelmed. And I think she really does love her dad. And I think that's awesome, but it's not like anything less for me. So, um, 
I think that, you know, just getting to that point of just being in the moment with her, like, and I'll say now, like, do you want to call dad? Do you want to send him a text? Um, I think Snapchat is hilarious. So, (laughs) you know, it's just like a funny little, you know, filter on her, you know, sitting in her bed and there's like an alien dancing on her shoulder. She has cat ears all of a sudden. So it also kind of like breaks her out of that moment. And um, so I just think the use of technology can really bridge things for kids so quickly because their attention span is kind of, you know, very short. So I say, you know, you want to text dad, you want to call dad. Like the other day she said, oh, I miss dad. And I said, do you want to call him? She was like, no, because the My Little Ponies are on. So (laughs) she got over that real quick. Yeah. So we I, do the same. Like yeah. we definitely use FaceTime a lot and Lucas has his own little tablet or whatever. So he can call him whenever he wants. Um, and I, I share with them my own stories because my parents were divorced since when I was very young also. So I remember the transition. I remember always mm. feeling guilty no matter which parent I was with. I knew the other one was sad. Yeah. Um, and I would be sad. So I'll tell them that. I'd be like, listen, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to miss mom or miss dad. Um, you know, you call, like you do too. Call them, FaceTime them. And a lot of times Lucas is like, no, that'll just make me more sad. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think that's so amazing though, like how authentic you can be with your kids. Because that is hard to, you know, at such a young age that you could remember trying to like please your parents which you you know as a child of course you do that's like your whole goal is you know get good grades and make your parents proud and when you throw a divorce into that dynamic you know just trying to remember that you didn't want to like really show all of your emotions because you didn't want to upset your parents and to, to give your kids like that freedom to say like it's okay if you miss your dad that's totally fine or you know it's okay to call him I think that's wonderful because that's sort of like the framework of you and you know going through their whole childhood that they know always like if you want to stop by and you know have dinner or you want to you know meet up at the playground like that they always have that to fall back on and don't have to worry you know about your feelings because that's it's already hard enough right and like you said like inside I am heartbroken when he says like I want to go to dad's or Oh, he used to refer to his dad's house as home and yeah. it would burn me up inside. I mean, I would say to him, I'm like, daddy's house is daddy's house. This is home. This is where you live. And right. I was doing it for a while and it was really getting under my skin that he kept saying that. And I finally like took a step back and like, all right, this is not where, how you want this to be. Like, I want him to feel at home at both places. Mm-hmm. Of course, like, you know, home's where your mom is, but yes, I, um, I finally just, you know, got okay with him calling it mom's house and dad's house because I felt like I was creating this stress in his life. So he had to think about how he was referring to the houses because he knew he was going to upset me. Absolutely. And I feel like it's, there's so many moments when you're, you know, in this situation where you, you honestly could like plant information in your kid's head. And then I think to myself, is this what's going to cause them to be in therapy in years from now? (laughs) So maybe I should. And if I had a, a, client tell me this I would be mortified so please get it together and do not say this and it does take so much resiliency to just say like okay yeah home is you know you have a home at dad's house and you have a home at mom's house and try to reframe it and you know eventually they you know will get on board but it is it's 
difficult because you can't, I feel like also tell, you know, your spouse that because there's something where it's like, you know, you're sort of like saying maybe we're not enough together, but it's not really the case. It's just kind of like feeling bad about the whole thing. So it's, it's definitely like a very personal struggle. Absolutely. And, you know, we have, I don't know, I feel like there's definitely the weekend parent in our, the way we have our schedule set up Mm -hmm. because we don't do like a four on three. We just kind of do like every other weekend and one day during the week that is kind of flexible. Um, So I know like in our house, my husband has been a dad for 20 years now. His oldest just turned 20 Mm -hmm. and he's had to do like all the hard parenting and all the rule rule enforcing and the, the punishments and that kind of stuff. And I think he feels frustration that my ex doesn't have to do that. And that, you know, he always has to be the, the tough guy or the heavy right? when it comes to making rules and it gets worse. Like during that transition time when, you know, when Lucas is transitioning back home, he's coming from, being on the weekend so really no rules at all no schedule <laughs> at all um no sleep at all right and, and comes home and he's like whoa there's other kids here there's rules there's a schedule I have a bedtime and it's just like everything changes yeah and that is you know just reinstituting all of that for Lucas does probably take two people you know like sometimes you have to be like good cop bad cop like come on it's time for bed come on like your 15 minutes is up and then the next person has to be like no turn it off now you know so which is hard when they haven't been there all weekend and now you're right you're being heavy Mm -hmm. and now one dad is like super sweet and lovey all the time and other dad is strict and making rules all the time which is a whole nother topic that we'll get onto later (laughs) right (laughs) right agreed I do yeah I think that's a really good topic you know even if the other person is also sort of like congenial I think just not like when the other person doesn't feel like they're enough like you know they're the stepdad not the dad that there's definitely you know I think a little bit of hurt there for them as well like you know why don't you you know like run to me when you're upset you know like why do you just always go to your mom it's I think there's definitely a dynamic there that we can explore I agree I have lots of ideas coming to mind. On I know. Uh, <laughs> um, so when you guys, let's moving on with this topic. Yep. When you guys um, transition with Gwen, with Gwen, where do you guys do you guys meet somewhere in like a neutral place? Does she re- come right to your house? How do you guys handle that back and forth? Yeah. So I think that's just the beauty of you know hanging in there over time. Which I would say to anybody who's you know first starting out, going through a separation or divorce and sharing custody, that it's so painful in the beginning, and it really does get better. And everybody will tell you it gets better, and you don't believe anybody when it's first happening because it's just basically the worst. So, um, you know, I think too for me, we always met in a public place, not like like a police station it was never you know hostile to that degree but I think we had some animosity towards each other and I I for sure know that I did so we met someplace um you know equidistant to the houses and for me it was just a lot easier to meet someplace like to take my daughter in the car to meet her 
dad somewhere because it was like those last few moments. Like I said, like I was counting every minute till I got her and I was counting every minute, you know, until I had to give her away. And so, you know, that drive was just like a very peaceful, quiet time. Cause when, when her dad would come pick her up at the house, I felt like I had to almost like go sit on the porch with her and just like get her away from all the noise so we could have, you know, like just a moment together. So for me, it was, you know, someplace picked, you know, by both of us in the beginning. And then over time, you know, when I really let go of just a lot of anger that I had, um, it just became like, oh, hey, I'm going to be in the area anyway. So let me just drop her off. Or I sort of know he always is like late. So if I had to be someplace, it's just like, well, I'll drop her off because I know I'll be where I need to be on time. So it it was definitely evolving and, and more looser as things have gone on. Gotcha. Yeah, I think my parents always did a neutral place, but that was more just a geography thing because they lived two hours apart. So they would kind of meet in the middle. Right. Sometimes. Um, But with Lucas, when he was real little, um, his dad would come back to just come to the house because where he had moved to, he didn't have a crib or any of that kind of stuff for him. Um, so he would come over and you're right. It's absolutely the worst time ever. Like I remember watching his car pull out of the driveway oh, and falling my eyes. I know. I know. It was just like, Oh, I can't believe he's actually leaving. Like, um, yeah, but you know that we did that for a while. And then once he had, once Lucas got a little bit older and he got more set up with where he was, then, you know, Lucas would go there. Um, and I think he always came to pick him up in the beginning. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, you, I agree, it kind of transitions. And now we do the same thing. He'll either we kind of pick him up at school or pick him up at karate. Right? Yes. right now we're in the phase where he's picking him up at karate because I wanted the consistency. So I know if it's Tuesday or it's Thursday, it, whichever day it is that week, it's going to be picked up at karate. Right. Um, Which I would say for other people, if they feel that, like, really strong, you know, that, like, heaviness of watching your kid drive away, that that's kind of a, a nice way to do it, too. Or there's, you know, some sort of, you know, issue with your ex where them coming to your house is not the best thing emotionally, you know, because it's, it is difficult for both people to meet at, like, so we used to do also, like, you know, Rylan's dad would drop her off at school and then I would pick her up at the end of the day and I would just go, you know, get her stuff at some point in time um, that she would need for the next couple of days. But it was, you know, so you basically didn't even have to see the other person if you didn't want to or the same thing, you know, I guess with like activities, you can just drop the kid off, wait, you know, and then the other parent comes to pick them up and take them home. Right. And I think as like with older children, that probably works well, because, you know, if it's a, a sporting event or a game or whatever, then both parents can see the yeah. event and then, you know, they go home with the other. Right. Um, I just had another thought and now I forgot what it was. Um, but the, the consistency of it, I think, is just really important because, as we've mentioned a couple of times, like the kids get really used to it. So. I don't know if this is just my own thing and I'd be interested to hear other people's feedback, but I feel like consistency and parenting and everything else is huge. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that it works for this. Mm -hmm. I I remember the other thing I want to say Mm -hmm. for parents that are like first starting out on this, or especially like if they only have one child that's just leaving and now you're sitting there alone as the child leaves. Yes. It's important to plan 
plan for that, like plan something for yourself to do to kind of keep yourself upbeat and happy. And I think we are going to discuss that in a separate um, topic as well. But, you know, that initial moment when they leave is tough. Even now, even when my house, when Lucas leaves, my house is nothing not even quiet for a second, but it's still sad. Like, mm-hmm. I know. Yep. I agree with you. I think that's like a good sort of self-care episode about, you know, how do you plan for that? And I remember like, I would just do a whirlwind cleaning for two hours and just be crying and vacuuming and dusting. And just, you know, at the end of it, I was exhausted and I just then had to like leave the house. Okay. Like reset, we need to go off and do something else. And whether it's, you know, just yourself or, you know, with your spouse or your partner or with a you know, group of friends, I think that is really important to plan. Yeah, I agree. Cause it's, you know, again, t- timing and over time it gets better and you get more used to it just as your child does. But in the beginning it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we did talk about like the timing of the exchange. So you know, we had found for us that the late night on Sunday nights doesn't work because Mm -hmm. everybody's tired. The emotions are all high. Um, and I think that for kids, probably up until they're like 12, I would say, try and do time your exchange when they're not exhausted. Yeah. It's a big deal because it just makes everything, everybody's more clear headed. And I think it just makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And with Rylan, like we, exchange her on Sunday morning so even you know as I'm always still counting the moments to a certain degree I feel like oh I got like an hour or two on Sunday like the difference between having to exchange on a Saturday night at like eight versus a Sunday morning at 10 is just it means the world to me so and it and I know it does for her too because right she's been with us all day and she's tired and you know practically every kid cries before they go to sleep anyway. So I think that is, yeah, a good idea to think about the timing of what's best for the kid. Right. And what about, um, commu- like communicating with the other parent, you know, parent to parent as far as, you know, when the schedule does change. So, you know, that, you know, Sunday mornings at 10 is your typical time, but mm-hmm. you know, he calls or texts and say, Hey, I'm running late or Hey, this, and how we communicate that to the child in a positive way rather than like, oh, your dad's late again. Right. Right. Like, right. <laughs> Fodder for the therapy session. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, you know, I looked at it as, and I still really do to this day, that, um, you know, basically like it's tit for tat in, in the nicest way. It could be tit for tat in a terrible way or in a positive way. So if I extend myself to him, he's running late and I say, no problem, you know, or, um, I know something changes with my schedule that I have to give him as much notice. Or if, you know, I need him to watch Rylan while I, you know, have to go to a wedding that, so he has her for the weekend, then he'll reciprocate and say, well, why don't you have her for the following weekend? So I think it's just trying to be, even though it's, impossible at certain points in time to be as cordial as possible almost like in a you're in a business relationship you know like how you would conduct yourself at work so if you needed to call out from work how would you do that you know to your boss or if you needed to take a week's vacation you would probably give your boss you know a month's notice so they could accommodate for scheduling and coverage and all that stuff so 
I think the communication is important in terms of, you know, just showing that you respect the other person, but just like the reciprocity back that you're going to get that in return. I think that's actually a great analogy. And I think that looking at it as a business arrangement Mm -hmm. is probably really good advice for everybody. Because when you take the emotion of how you feel toward that other person, I think we're much more able to do what's best for our kids. Right. And and right. You're going to give them the same respect you would give your boss Mm -hmm. because right. You're if you're running late, it happens. Right. And so I, you know, this happens a lot in our situation because, um, my ex does is a, it works in sales. So, you know, sometimes he gets held up and Mm -hmm. I don't ever say anything negative about it. I'm just like, Oh, you know, I'll pick Lucas up from school when he's expecting his dad. And he's like, why are you here? And of course, you know, like dagger to the heart. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, daddy's just running late. You know, he'll be here soon. And he's like, okay. And you know, life goes on. Right. Um, and in, in my mind, you know, if it was an inconvenience to me and I'm kind of ticked off, I might feel that way, but I don't say it because I don't want him to be mad at his dad about it. You know, it's happening. It's work. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like if you start, you know, that snowball, that's just something that is never ending about like, well, you know, your dad, he's always late and, you know, work was always so important to him that that's, you know, you're, you're basically damaging your child in the long run. So, you know, don't even start the first ball rolling with that. Because, of course, that's an easy, easy thing to go, especially if it's one of those hot button issues that has been in your relationship prior. Right. Yeah. You know, the whole time. It's easy. To just like, oh, here he goes again. Right. Always late. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of nice almost. And I felt this way recently is it's I feel like the, the other person, you know, my ex is not my problem anymore. So the fact that he's <laughs> late, you know, once a week is not my problem as opposed to, you know, when it was every day and it like just annoyed the crap out of me. So I can look at it objectively now and just be like, Oh, okay, well this is what it is and this is how we're going to fix it. Right. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is a wrap for our first episode. We do have a book to share um, that we think is relevant to the back and forth of the kids and their two households. What was it called again, Kristen? Yeah, it's called Two Homes. Um, So when my daughter, she was just over a year um, when we, you know, separated um, her dad and I. So, um, you know, I felt like obviously I was damaging her life. So I needed to, you know, try to incorporate as much like literature and I'm a therapist. So I just like to, you know, try to come at an issue, you know, from multiple angles. So I found this book. I found it on Amazon. I think I just you know, typed in divorcing families or separated families or something like that. And it's a very objective, very straightforward story about a little, I don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. The character's name is Alex with a bowl cut. And Alex goes back and forth between his mom's house and his dad's house. And I remember reading this to my daughter, you know, from 18 months, two years, three years about, you know, just basically like you have a toothbrush at dad's house and you have a toothbrush at mom's house and, you know, we both love you. And that's the the summary of the story is that um, no matter where you are, that, you know, your parents love you and you love your parents. So it's by uh, Claire and I'll spell her last name. It's M-A-S-U-R-E-L. I don't know if that's Mazarel. And it's called Two Homes. And it's just a cute little book. Not a lot of words perfect for like I said 18 months and up honestly and just great to you know have your kids sit on your lap and just read it to them 
Great. I will. I'm going to post that link in the comments of the podcast. So if anybody's interested, they can check it out. But thanks for joining us and we will see you next week for episode two. Thank you. Cheers.